0: hey today we're really excited for this week's episode we sat down and chatted Jake and I here with Stephen Colvin from Bobello and it kind of sounds about what you think it would sound like it's a carbonated drink with zero sugar zero fillers very nutritious and it's just fun and uh, he talks about how he started his entrepreneur journey in um, some of the large drink beverage companies that you know of uh, there's quite a few in Costco that he worked for as well and he he moved very high up the ranks but realized even though they touted something healthy, it really wasn't what they said it was. So he decided to start off on his own and build his own company. And that's what we're going to talk about today, which is Bobello. It's a great story. We're excited for you to listen to it. Here we go. So, Stephen, it's good to have you on the show.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here. Appreciate thanks, it.
0: Thanks for joining the Midnight Founders podcast this week. Excited to do it. So I snuck cool.
2: a sample the first time I saw it and while I was at Rev Road, and there was like a couple of the sections that were completely missing like they were all taken and i think i was talking to you and darren and they were like uh yeah there's one flavor that's gone like the instant it shows up so i still haven't tried them all
0: steven regrets the day he put those free samples (laughs) in our office because they disappear like they do disappear very quickly you're right (laughs) my wife
2: bought a pack of them off amazon so i think we've we've ordered or we've tried them all now so good yeah i love them Good. I'm a huge soda drinker too. So if so I could this find, this is good. Yeah, if I could find something to replace that soda the caffeinated version. Yeah,
1: of probably. course. That would be
0: great. In fact, as I look on the other side of this chair, Jake's got his uh, hidden Mountain Dew, always ready and, and ready to go for when he needs it.
1: Yeah. It's usually <laughs> hey, no, number two for the day. Can't fault him for that. It's not a bad flavor. We're working on those kind of flavors too. Yeah. It's great. But Bobello,
0: yeah. when you try Bobello, and I'm biased because Bobello is a portfolio company with Red Road, it is amazing. And you'll never go back to soda again. In fact, I don't think I've had a soda since trying Bobello.
1: Hey, I love that. That's yeah. great to hear. So,
0: so cool. Well, Stephen, um, Stephen Colbin, uh let's talk about your journey to Babella. Where did this entrepreneurial bug start? How did you get involved?
1: So uh, there, that's probably two questions. The entrepreneurial bug started when I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, it's always kind of been that way. I've always tried to figure out a way how to hustle, whether it's shoveling snow or working at a hotel or whatever it was. I was always hustling. but. Then my dad was also very entrepreneurial minded, but he never, he never went and did entrepreneur stuff because he was more worried about taking care of us. And so he kind of let a lot of his ideas go by the wayside and he had some crazy ideas. Like he, he invented the, you know, the diapers that have the, the tear away, like Velcro type things. He created that like 10 years before the the diaper industry even had it.
0: So he didn't patent that and sell it to them. He just had his own system. (laughs) He
1: had it figured out before they even came out with it and he just didn't do anything with it because he wanted to make sure, you know, food was on the table and low risk but after seeing that my experience with that is like you know i'm gonna try it i'm gonna try and you know go do take that risk and go for it but uh as far as bobello goes i was in the beverage industry worked at a, a cool company that did uh, sparkling drinks um and i saw that there was a lot of customers that wanted to have a better like imp- uh, impact on the world they didn't want to have so much plastic waste or they didn't want to have cans um and they wanted healthier ingredients and there just wasn't really anything available whether it's soda or sparkling waters it's always in bottles right Mm -hmm. and so you look at like other countries and all those bottles stack up everywhere all over the place in these third world countries or even in the middle of the ocean there's just a huge amount of that stuff
0: see them on the beaches and parks and streets and
1: and we don't really think of it as much of a problem here because we don't see it and it's a huge problem like it's a global problem and i'm not i'm not a excessive conservationist I don't you want to call it but I, I definitely see that hey we can do more and do better so I, I sat down and tried to figure out how to create a product that was totally sustainable healthy but delicious and fun at the same time and it took a lot of time it took several years
2: I hate I, I do a lot of stuff in the mountains right? Sure. so I'm always in the mountains and sometimes I get really you live in the good place for that yeah
0: by the way Jake is not gonna say this so I'm gonna I'm gonna tout him for a second he just conquered his his uh, his trail, his dream trail. <laughs> Tell us about that, yeah, Jake.
2: Yeah, uh, we've been. I mountain bike as well, but uh, so we just rode the the tsunami trail at Deer Valley because we have a goal to ride uh, the A line at Whistler, and so that's how, the next that a big, one. How big is that? Just it's big. Yeah, the A line at Whistler is uh, one of the biggest trails in wow. the country or in the, the
0: yeah you know, North, North America. North yeah. America. Yeah. Sweet. So, did you have your bobella with you, Jake? <laughs> that's the question. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, I, I wish
1: I would have had all the <laughs> Mobello. How does it do in like a, a, a camelback? So I actually use it in my camelback myself. Okay. Um, like I recently hiked to Mount Timonogus. I use that the whole way up and back in the camelback. It's not going to be as concentrated yeah. as it as it would be like in a, you know a normal size small S- bottle.
2: Stay fizzy though.
1: Um, it doesn't, it's not as fizzy when you're putting like four liters of water for a pack or two, but it's, uh, the, the taste is still really good and the hydration components, which are what are some of the most important aspects is yeah. it's all there. So it's, it's like a better tasting hydration camel pack at that point. Yeah. I like it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, anyways, I was, I was in the mountains, um, and whenever I'm out exploring, I'm, you know, really far in the back country and
1: I come across like a soda bottle or a can. Yeah. It always makes me so mad. Same. So I really like what you're doing. Well, and who's the crazy person that's carrying that around all the way out into the middle of the country? Like, yeah. that's, that's so much weight and so much to pack. Like, yeah. You can pack a box of ours, 40 of them for, you know, half a pound or a pound. And then just siphon water right out of that crystal clear lake or wherever you're at. I love just, it. Just purify it and yeah. make your own soda like that.
2: That's it. Oh, my my uh, <laughs> Wyoming trip later this year, I'll... I'll have a pack
0: of
1: Bobello. Awesome. That's exciting.
0: So Stephen, I mean, the, the beverage industry is super crowded and it's hard yeah, to get yeah. into, right? Yes, it is. So you didn't just start Bobello. How, tell us a little bit about your journey leading up to Bobello and some of your experience in the past. So the beverage it. industry,
1: you're right. It is, it is very crowded. Um, it's kind of unique in that the beverage industry has never been like the focal point because you've had the, the big dogs, right? You've had the Cokes and the Pepsis and the uh, the Dr. Peppers and those kind of companies that have really almost like stranglehold on that industry. But over the last five to seven years, companies have started realizing that that's a big space, whether it's for nutrition, where you can give people nutrition by liquid or like fruits, you know, all these new, getting your fruits and cold compressing them down to like just liquid. And there's just a lot of innovation in that space. And it, it took a little bit for people to go, hey, we can, we can go make these niche products and fight against the big dog and actually do well. Well, not only have they done well, but the big dogs have now had to buy these companies out for hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, because they're not innovating that great. So they're, they're looking towards these, these innovators to actually create products. So the company I was with, they kind of innovated the sparkling water space, took a twist on it, made it a little bit better tasting, a little more uh, a little bit of sweetness to it, and took over that whole market, Like became one of the market leaders um can you tell us the name i'm sure it's called sparkling ice okay. talking rain is the main company okay um I'm sure in costco right in yeah yeah, in in costco, yeah. yeah you see generics of them everywhere too i mean walmart and costco have all their own white label versions of that product so which is is kind of a nice thing for them in the sense that if it's good enough to make a white label clearly that's got a good marketplace um Yeah, that just it really that whole industry was so exciting to me, and I was so fascinated by how it was brand new, right? Beverages have just started to explode. You even think of 10 years ago, and you go to a grocery store and you go to a beverage aisle, and there's maybe like a half an aisle, right? There's like the one half with Coke, Pepsi, and then some other products. Now you go to a regular grocery store, it's like two sides of both aisles plus another one on the backside, and then the cold beverage aisle on top of it in only the last ten or fifteen years. It's so just true. Exploded astronomically. But they're mostly all bottles and cans, right? So packets are starting to pick up, things like uh, hydration packets or, you know, immune packets, whatever, vitamin C type stuff. But none of them really taste great. And they're not they're not really hitting that spot of bubbles, right? People love bubbles, Jake Jake can say it right there. I love they just, levels. they hit your tongue in the right way. Happiness and carbonation, Happiness right? and carbonation. You're right. So we wanted to create that experience in a packet that you get from the can, from the bottle. And that's kind of what that whole passion came from around. It's like, hey, let's make this a cool experience, but not spend a fortune on shipping and not spend a fortune uh, or not a fortune, not spend having your whole pantry full of bottles and cans and your fridge full of bottles and cans that you have no room left over for anything else. So it was really like, how do we fix all those little problems that exist. And that's why we created it.
0: So, and, and, and I want to bounce some time over to, to Jake too to ask a, a few questions. But my, my question to you, Steven, is I'm sure, you know, getting carbonation into a packet, sure. then into a bottle and not having all sorts of crazy side effects happen. I'm sure that was a process, right? <laughs> that was a journey.
1: Uh, that was definitely a journey. And we did have lots of crazy side effects. We still even hear customers having crazy side effects, where if they don't follow the instructions or whatever, they blow them up. Um, they I blow up re- the customers? They, not the customers, <laughs> yes, definitely. The bottles, different things like that. But I remember one experience where we, we were in the first stages of it, and we didn't know. When, when we finally got it right, I mean, people have been trying to do this for decades. We were very fortunate that we, we figured it out. We used a lot of different patents and ideas and, and looked at all the chemistry, and it's almost miraculous that we figured it out because other companies have been trying to do this for a long time, and they just haven't been able to do it. But when we, we had the initial formula, we put it into this bottle and I think our guy just put way too much and it like just exploded out, shot clear up 20 feet into a roof, was all over the place. And right in front of us was this group of investors looking at a TV. So they didn't see this happening, but were like, oh my gosh, put your hand on it, stop it. It was just, you know, straight up in the air, at shooting casual, all the place. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's well, going on behind you. Don't turn around. But yeah, we've had lots of big, fun explosions. Um... We even had a blender once where we were just trying to mix the materials, and because of how powerful they are, it actually made the blender explode out. And I was gone, and I came back to the office, and I walk in, and it, for lack of a better term, it looked like a Coke lab had exploded. And there was just white powder all over the walls and the ceiling and the cupboards and the floors, <laughs> and I'm like, wow. what is going on? And he had just put it in the blender and turned it on for like two seconds, and it, that was enough to make it just go boom. And it was, it was pretty fun. So do not put this in the blender. Not, well, you can use it in a blender if you have liquid and other stuff in there. It actually makes really good smoothies, too. It's very diverse. Make mixed drinks, make smoothies, make floats, make Italian sodas. There's a lot of cool stuff you can do with it, but you're getting all that healthy base as the part of that.
0: So now it's been tempered, and it's now the perfect yeah. combination where none of that stuff happens anymore. No,
1: it's that nice, smooth carbonation that you fill it in your mouth, but it's not going to make you hiccup or burp. Or caused, like, you know, the gas that you get in your stomach from a, a Coke or a Pepsi or whatever you want to call it. It's just that nice, perfect combination of all those.
0: I love it.
2: Yeah, I oh, I read the label and it was like, don't put it in a normal, like, water, <laughs> water bottle. And I, I kind of laughed because I thought, like, who was the... Who was the test dummy that figured this out? <laughs>
0: who did you
1: know, it we, wrong? You first, know, you know? You we know, know who they we are. did. <laughs> we had we had plenty that not they didn't come out the top. They actually came out the sides. Oh, really? So, it's yeah.
2: that strong. It is that strong. That's crazy. So
1: the cheap, crappy, like plastic water bottles and stuff—they they don't work. So well. they don't
2: well. hold up to the power no. of Bobello. The power of Bobello. Those yeah. are some serious bubbles. Delicious. Yep. So when did this whole journey start?
1: <laughs> uh, 20, 20, well, when I was in the beverage industry, it kind of started a little bit. I didn't really do much until after i left that company and that's when i really started hardcore into learning about how could i do the chemistry to make it happen do you have a
2: background in chemistry none
1: no i i went and studied thousands of patents i went and studied chemistry i actually got chemistry courses online and started learning a bunch of that and kind of came up with the base formula of what could work but it tasted like crap it was terrible And at that point, once I kind of had that base down, I brought in other chemists and nutritionists and and experts in the field to say, hey, how can we make this taste good? How can we make it nutritious and function properly all simultaneously?
2: My wife lets me do like a lot of little hobby projects at the house. I don't think chemistry is one of those things. Yeah, Yeah, mine either. I'm not allowed. Yeah, I think she'd cut me off if I was like, hey, I'm going to try some chemistry that I saw on YouTube.
1: (laughs) You guys just stay upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't be downstairs. It's funny you said that because we did have... Uh, we, were at, we were at first in a basement ho- of our basement. We actually worked from the basement house. Um, and we, we once had a bunch of raw ingredients. They were just like one kilogram packets of white powder. They were stacked really high. And we were at a walkout basement. So you could see the street from the windows. And all of a sudden this police officer pulls up and stops and he looks in and we're all in like these big masks, like the ventilators, <laughs> and we have goggles sketchy. on Whoa. and they have like all these kilos stacked of white powders and we just look at him, we pull off the mask, we're smiling and waving and he's just staring at us thinking that we're, we're all like, we're going to prison, we're going to prison, this is we're in so much dead, but no, it was just good flavors and, and like sodium bicarbonate and other, other safe ingredients, but man, it really looked like we were doing a meth lab in the That's house. That's a good
0: story. What other, I mean, you've probably seen the craziest of crazy experiences, right? With, you know, creating and building a beverage company. So that's a great story. What's another really amazing, crazy, wild story that people would not believe if they heard it?
1: Um, getting the things done to actually, like, sell the product have been some, some pretty crazy ones. I remember an order we got uh, in our very, very early days, right before COVID hit, we got an order for, I think, 1,500 or so boxes with a bottle, our powder, and everything. And we didn't have any any of the stuff even ready. Like, we were still getting stuff from shipments on the port <laughs> and, and uh, you know, Los Angeles, and things were all over the place, and we had to have it by this special deadline. Stacked up for months. Stacked right? up for months. Um, and just, like, in the first set we got in, there was, like, a bunch of bad ones, and we had to, like, manually fix them with little miter saws and all kinds of crazy stuff for the bottles themselves. Uh, to get it to this this large company in Utah, that I okay, I won't say the name of the company, but it, it it's a mattress company that runs with Erpel. Um, and I have no
0: idea who we you're spent talking about.
1: days and days and night, literally all night long, like getting this this order ready to go. And by the time we like stuck it on this truck, we went and rented a truck from Home Depot, kind of thing, and and got it there. Like we were literally like doing the last package the day we had to deliver everything to this to this company because they're having a big a big uh, party for their employees so that was that was nuts just trying to get 1500 of these welcome kits all put together in a matter of uh, a week and a half or so staying up every night it was it was crazy
2: yeah i mean we hear that story pretty consistently where it's like hey we we sold a bunch of these and now we got to figure out how to fulfill what do we do order <laughs> we better get
0: going on how we're going to figure this out yeah yeah
2: yeah it's a good way to validate right we heard we learned about validating so yeah. That's right. Getting orders is a really good way to prove you have a, a market for what you're doing.
1: For sure.
0: But it sounds like they loved it. The party went amazing and it did. All as well. And and now you're cranking.
1: You're? It. We're going. We're cranking. It's been it's been a different experience trying to launch a consumer product company in the middle of this pandemic. Like it's been complicated. Mm-hmm. Originally we were we were launching into business to business. So like the tech companies around Utah would buy for the break rooms. And we had a lot of commitments, but right when we finally got all of our product in and started fulfilling is when COVID hit. So our entire business model got completely shut down like oh, man. right after launching, and we had to completely switch. Like, okay, well, now let's change to be you know direct-to-consumer. So we had to build out all of the direct-to-consumer, and now we're dealing with inflation and all these other things. So it's been just issue after issue after issue. Even though the product's so amazing, we're trying to fight against all these other outside forces and still survive and grow, and it's it's been it's been a challenge, but it's been fun. Are you
2: mainly focusing on uh, direct consumer right now, yes. or have you shifted some of that back to the B two B?
1: So we're almost almost all direct consumer. We have a few um, companies using it in their break rooms, and I think that that would improve or that would gain more steam if we put a focus on it. We haven't done that because we put so much emphasis on the B two C and growing that side out. Um, but I think B two B is awesome place for it because if you think about everything that they're drinking and, and they're drinking, you know, Monsters and Red Bulls and all the other garbage drinks that actually make their employees less productive and less healthy. And ours is more affordable and healthy. It's it's a great play to be like, hey, you're gonna have healthier employees. They'll have better immune systems. They'll have less stress. All these things that our product does. So it's a great it's a great play for us to move back to at some point and figure that out.
2: Yeah, I know a lot of people right now are are dealing with that transition back to the office so might be the right time
1: yeah could be a good time to go back and push it again yeah so what what flavors do you have so we have six flavors right now Um, there's two with energy like calf natural caffeine and what are they I can't remember so peach mango and black cherry cream and the black cherry is really unique too. It's, it's a actual Osarola extract and like cherry extract. So it's not like your Shasta or your soda black cherry, but it actually tastes like eating a bowl of cherries, but in a soda form. So I it's,
2: think that's the one that was sold out, right? Is that the one it's that's
1: probably the peach, peach so. mango is like insanely popular. It tastes like your peachy O rings. Um, okay, yeah, they're both amazing I
0: and them. i i don't even like cherry and i love yeah. bobella cherry it's flavor. a very different flavor yeah
1: so those are the two energies we are coming out with more energies uh, we're trying to do a, a blackberry lemonade a starfruit punch like a tiger's blood type that's like a coconut strawberry watermelon those will all be new energy ones and then for non-energy we have mountain berries um we have Orchard Breeze, which is a peach, grape, and apple. It's really good. That
2: one was my mom, my wife's favorite. It is What's really the Orchard Breeze. Okay one. Yeah,
1: it's very good. And it, here's a fun tip for her: if she likes hot teas, magically ours make great hot teas. Oh, really? So you just do you do boiling water. You put a packet in there, seal it in your bottle, and just wait a second. All the carbonation goes away, but then you have this like really rich, delicious hot tea that's hydrating. We're mm. like, huh, what a weird coincidence. So people drink it that way. So orchard, then we have a tropical bliss, which is it's like a pina colada or Disney Dole Whip type flavor, um, and then the most popular is lavender lemonade. Yeah, it's really good.
0: I was talking, we were you know talking to a few of the customers, just kind of gauging the interest and seeing what they loved about Bobello, and there was this one lady in Georgia. She's like, I buy this product because of the lavender lemonade and I will always be a customer for Babello. And it was just, so it was so funny to hear that. And she's like, I buy this stuff by the case just for that one flavor. So never get rid of the lavender lemonade.
1: If she likes that one, she's going to really love our new, our two new ones are coconut lime. Just phenomenal. It's, it's probably my favorite now. And then a watermelon citrus, which is watermelon, orange and lemon. Cool. And they're both, they're both going to be top one or two flavors as soon as we bring them out. They're they're amazing. And, and the consumer feedback on them is significantly higher than our original feedback, which tells me they'll be pretty big hits.
2: I'll volunteer to be a yes. product tester for the coconut lime for you got sure. Got two right here. Yeah. Oh. We'll <laughs> test whatever you
1: want us to test. You can make some fun stuff with that. Yeah, that sounds amazing.
2: So has your growth trajectory, I mean, clearly through COVID, you had kind of uh, some bumps in the yeah. road, but what what's the growth been like?
1: Um, It's been overall good in the right direction. I think part of the issue, too, is we've tried to do what a lot of people do is bootstrap. We haven't gone out and gotten millions of dollars in funding. Um, We're probably at the point where we need to do that now to start really growing and taking off. And as he pointed out, beverage is a hot space, and it's a complicated space, and it's an expensive space to fight in. We have such a unique product that's just really trying to help people understand, hey, you can actually have soda in your pocket, right? It's not... It's not an, a not real thing anymore, but it's it's that education component. So the growth could be better because it's such a unique product. But it's also a, that resources balance, right? How do you balance between going and losing a lot of your equity to to boost it up quickly, or trying to do it organically? So we're trying to mix that pretty well. But I think we're at the point where we need to start start accelerating that growth rapidly.
0: Who are some of the companies? You know, because there's a lot of consumer type companies here in Utah that you can look to as kind of an example of sure. the good things that they're doing to go to market. Who are some of those companies that you're looking at to kind of see what they're doing and mimicking some of those things in your company?
1: There's there's a lot of variety there. I think there's one called MixHers that's done really well with their niches for females and for dealing with like the hormones for females and they've done phenomenal and they're mostly e-commerce and then also using that like influencer type marketing and you look at things like the Jojo Rabbit or Jojo's Chocolates and some of the other um, food-based items that are doing really well with retail or Built Bar. Built Bar did phenomenally with e-commerce and now I think they're doing phenomenal with retail stores as well. So Utah has a lot more food startups and food growth companies than I ever knew about. So it's really cool to see that uh, kind of coming together. Because when I first moved here back from Seattle, because Seattle would have been a much easier place to do this in the sense that there's tons of investors in this space. There's a lot more infrastructure that. But I really wanted to do it in Utah because I am from Utah. And I love the, I love the people in Utah. And I love the community that people build. But there wasn't a lot of investment dollars here in Utah. Most of that all goes to SaaS software type stuff. So not in this space. Is not what in this saying. space. Mm. That's starting to change a little bit. And I'm, you're seeing some of these bigger deals come through for some of the companies I just mentioned. And that's good. I think as they build that infrastructure, Utahns are so innovative in what they do and they can really identify problems and needs and wants of what people want that it will grow that whole space for everybody and it will make it so we all have a better a better way to work together to grow that food technology or food innovation space.
0: Cool. Steven, what, uh, I mean, this is the Midnight Founders podcast and, you know, we, we know all that that name implies, right? Sure. How do you How do you identify as a Midnight Founder?
1: So I think there's this, this, it's not a myth, but yeah, you put in a ton of hours. Um, it definitely is, is about what your priorities are. Uh, I have six kids, which having six kids and trying to do a startup has been, and a lot of That's people amazing. think I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy. Kudos to you right there. So That's cool. it's been a, a hard roller coaster. It's been amazing to watch my wife. Uh, she's, she's supported it and she's done her best to, you know, batten down the hatches and handle everything on that side. She's an amazing person, but you do. you put in those hours where there's sometimes where we're up all night long and don't sleep at all for you know 48 hours. You're, you're up there literally getting things done just to fulfill orders because you want to make sure your customers are taken care of. You want to make sure that you're meeting deadlines. Um, so midnight is a great way to put it. You, you burn you burn the candle on both ends a lot of times. But as I've gotten further into it, I've started to realize that I have to change that. You have to be more balanced and you have to do those things that take care of yourself physically because half of entrepreneurship is how well you can mentally adjust and adapt to all the situations. And if you're not on top of your game because you're not sleeping, you're not eating healthy, you're not exercising, those things will really prevent you from maximizing your potential. Um, And I know we've talked a little bit about that. It's just like getting getting over that burnout and saying, okay – I've got to change some stuff so that I'm not burning myself out and not, not burning too much.
2: How do you balance that with, you know, you're, you're the person that has to solve all the problems. Sure. So what advice do you have for, for early entrepreneurs that are kind of in the grind right now? um, To how, how do you find that balance? That's a great question.
1: I think it's, it's one thing I didn't do well and I'm getting I'm, I'm changing that now is I didn't, delegate enough. And I didn't go and seek out enough resources. One of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs have in common is that we're very high energy, uh, whether you call it energy or ADHD or whatever you want to call it, you oftentimes take so much responsibility on yourself and want to have things done in just the right way that you don't, you don't delegate enough, or you don't go find people to help you. So I would highly recommend that you go find help and you, you go trust people and you find the right people to put on your team. Um, that's probably one of the huge ones is finding the right people to put on your team. A lot of times you'll, I, I even did this too, is I hired for desperation. You hire for like, I have to have somebody do something, but then they may not have been the right fit. They may not have been the right cultural fit. They may not have been the right skill set fit. So it's really just trusting people, finding the right people, bringing them on and then really giving them the power to do what they need to do to be successful. And you have to learn that lesson early. I didn't learn it early enough, which was, it's just, it's been tough. But now that I'm, I'm pushing back to that direction it's been really it's been really great. Yeah, I spent
2: uh, the last 10 years uh, of my career kind of in a startup, I guess. Uh, it, I was working as a
1: city manager and um, my dad was one of those for a long time. Oh really yeah, yeah. So you know so how it is I know exactly how <laughs> that was yeah. So uh, <clears throat> it's definitely a
2: startup yeah. And I was working here uh, in Vineyard, so here locally. Oh, wow. And, and saw the city grow from really small to really big. and Yeah. Um, was able to oversee kind of the hiring of all the department heads through that process. And and this thing that you said so eloquently about, you know, delegating sure. is so true. Yeah. Um, and it's so valuable. And it's something that took me a long time to learn at Vineyard. Um, and I think it's... It's great advice, um, and it's much easier to say than to do. Oh, for sure, 100 yeah. percent. Especially while you're in the moment, because I think you know you're you're really right. Uh, entrepreneurs typically have a certain personality type, and they have some control issues, and they yep. want to make sure that it's <laughs> that it's done correctly. And and the thought of giving that up and yeah. letting somebody else kind of take the reins and run with that. Is a difficult thing, totally. but I do think, um, in order to avoid the burnout and and to be successful long term, that that does have to happen earlier than most people yeah. are willing to let it go. Totally. And eventually,
0: mm-hmm. you start to realize, hey, it's not the way I would have done it per se, but it's still done well, and it'll still work the way sure. it's been done. So, and that's that is hard.
2: Yeah, it do. doesn't mean that it's not right. That's right. You know, yeah. it can be right even if it wasn't the way you would have done
1: mm-hmm. it. I think it's more of the outcomes too. It's it's. Uh, I did a lot of education and strategy and innovation side and. Oftentimes, people focus too much on like, the, the, the tactics as opposed to the outcomes. And it's, it's really shifting that mindset to, here's the outcome I need. How it gets to there, it doesn't matter as long as the final, the final product, the final outcome is effective and done right, and it's done within those time frames that need to be done with. The tactics aren't necessarily that, that important. It's really, how is it going to best help those people be empowered in order to make it happen? And that's, that's exactly. a hard lesson to learn. Like you said, it's not easy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. essential.
2: Focusing on the outcomes, I think, is also a huge. That. That's yeah. a huge piece of advice. Love
0: that. So, Stephen, what's next for Lobello? I think the next, next chapter.
1: Next is just growth. Uh, we're we're in talks with a lot of national retailers right now. Um, we're excited to get into these stores. I can't say who they are yet, but there's some big wholesale club stores. There's some big uh, grocery stores here in Utah. There's some sporting goods stores. There, there's a lot of good momentum on that side, and I think retail is a very good step for us to get into. We'll still put a huge emphasis on e-commerce, you know, the Amazon.coms of the world and our, our website and all that kind of stuff. But re- retail, that's kind of a misnomer is that, oh, e-commerce, everything right now, it's not. I mean, e-commerce is great, and it's a, lot, it's a lot easier way to get into. But retail is where most of the sales still take place, and that's where most of the awareness is, is when people are off shopping for their families at the grocery store, or at, you know, the Walmarts and the Targets of the world. So getting into that will give us the opportunity to really accelerate our growth and make it so that we can truly live out that you know that plan of grow this to a point where someone wants to either acquire us or we turn it into a household name that we can continue forward on.
2: How hard has it been to get in front of these retail brands or these retailers?
1: So it's, it's not that hard to get in front of them. It's harder to convince them they should give you space out of all the space, that the limitations they have. Um, sometimes you have to be lucky, like one of these stores in Utah, I won't, I won't say names again, but it's, it's a regional grocery store, and I got in there because one of their chief executive officers happens to live in the same city I live in, and he was buying something from me on KSL ads, classified ads. And he came in my garage and he was buying this stuff and he saw, he saw the product. And I talked to him about the product I had and he tried it. And then he told his buyers they need to try it out. No and way. so it's like there's a lot That's of that as cool. luck, but it's. And are you in that store? We cool. will be, yeah. We're actually going to be in there starting January. And you can't say that one? Huh? You can't say what's going on? I can't yet. That? Not not yet, oh, it's but close. soon enough.
2: So details what you're are coming.
0: Saying, though, is details are coming, It's yeah. good to have a wall of a bello in your garage. Yes. <laughs> that's
1: it's, a a good, it's good to have front. a bello in your garage. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. But it's, it's, a lot of it's luck. A lot of it is just persistence. Um, even some of the buyers that we've talked to, that they try the product themselves, and they don't like it. And that's okay. But then the next thing, they turn around and said, but I want every single flavor, and I want every single thing on my shelf. And you're like, but you didn't like it. It doesn't matter what i like i know what's selling in the marketplace and i know this is a product that has massive potential because of how many people that are trying to live a healthier lifestyle they're willing to take that and put it in the stores because they know what it can be and what it will do which is great that's that's impressive a lot of buyers you don't get in if the buyers don't like something but if they're willing to be humble enough to recognize yeah this could help my store and be good for our sales that's awesome that that that's a good buyer to me someone that's willing to put something in knowing that it will benefit the store that brand. And all the
0: while you're reaching that mission of kind of cleaning up our planet and making everything a little more totally. I don't know, just more green. Or more more
1: better. Yeah, better than it was. We are we're actually a B Corp, um, which is a a new type of entity that does good. We have a, a nonprofit foundation as well, where we donate money from our our sales to that nonprofit foundation. We've done all kinds of things. We've helped build wells in Africa. We've done uh, these Christmas, uh, like giving Christmas to families that have, they adopt like kids that are drug babies and they'd adopt lots of them. And we'd actually bring the whole Christmas in for them because they couldn't really afford Christmas. Um, we did a, we did a partnership with the Malou foundation, which helps stop sex trafficking. And that, that means a lot to us. Like the beverage itself is amazing and we love growing that, but if it's not doing good, and I don't know what the point is. And I think too many entrepreneurs lose sight of what am I actually accomplishing in the world? And if it's just I'm getting lots of money and I'm walking away and getting my 50 cars and my nice house up on the hills of Alpine or whatever it is, I don't know. I don't know names. I don't want to say anything to that extent. But if, if that's your only goal in life, then you probably have the wrong goals. It should be about using the resources and the innovation and intelligence you're giving to help other people.
0: I love that. So cool. Well, Stephen, thanks for spending some time with us today. This has been fun. Thank you. Where do we find out more about Bobello?
1: So you can get our stuff on bobello.com or uh, we're also on Amazon Prime, amazon.com, walmart.com. Um, Shields in Sandy has us now too. Some other stores soon to be coming. Some other stores will have us soon. Um,
0: on all the social media platforms. All the social and-
1: media, at drinkbobello. If you go to Instagram, TikTok, it's just at Bobello. Uh, Facebook, all those different things. I'm not an avid user of social media, but I know how great they are. And, and if someone
0: loves Bobello as much as we do, how do they let you know, this is amazing. This is incredible.
1: Uh, please tag us. If you buy it and use it and love it, tag us on social media at drink Bobello or leave a review on Amazon, leave a review on our our store or whatever it is, whatever platform you use, go tell people about it. We do have an affiliate program too, um, where we have a pretty aggressive commission. If you want to get people to try it and, they buy it under your code, you'll get you'll get a good cut for for just spreading the word and helping it grow.
0: Maybe a bobello for life. Right?
1: Yes, there you go. <laughs> that's what I want. Yeah, the goal is to help people live healthier lifestyles and we'll keep coming up with new flavors. We are working on a, a kids thing here pretty soon. We want to create a kids line for that's healthy hydration with some bubbles, because there's not a lot of options for kids out there. There's just not great options and and kids these days, they need everything they can to be healthier. And help them be successful in school and in life. So, we're going to work on that too. Cool. Love that.
0: Cool. Well, thanks again, Stephen. Good to have you here.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. Yeah.
0: Signing out. The Midnight Founders Podcast
2: is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank.
0: And Rev Road is a venture services firm where companies come to grow.
2: Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: This is AJ and Jake signing out.